This episode is a bit not safe for work or kids. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to The Old World Lives, a Warhammer Fantasy Battles podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The Old World Lives, on Instagram at The Old World Lives, and you can reach us by email at theoldworldlives at gmail.com. And now, on to the episode. So, and hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Old World Lives a Warm podcast. I'm Chris, and with me tonight, I have the usual one, Niklas. Hello, always present. I just live here. In the... Yeah, you you have finally even been in more episodes than I have, which is nice, right? <laughs> and uh, on to the more unusual suspects, uh, we have Jens. What's up? And Morton. Interrupting cow. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's going to be a feature of this episode. So this episode will just be interruptions and nothing else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we have finally so I was thinking about... <laughs> 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 That's great. So we have finally reached uh, October. So it's uh, starting to get proper autumn outside here in Sweden. Ooh. And uh, a bit darker. So just to set the mood for this episode... It's Spooky, be dark. scary skeletons. Yeah. No, <laughs> skeletons are banned from the episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Curses. No, but uh, speaking of, let's start off with uh, just asking the one who keeps interrupting, what have you done in the hobby since the last time you were on, like, seven years ago? Me? Me? <laughs> no, you mean yes. Yes. I, okay, I can go first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've I'm been... the one interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> you're so oh, you're so uh, polite uh, I don't know continuing with my, my Nurgle stuff so I'm uh, more or less done with uh, some uh, plague ogres of uh, Nurgle six of them so the, you know the ones from Forge World for Tamarkan um, not that easy to rank everyone has their arms like spread <laughs> out so they look a bit like a skirmish unit at the moment, but yeah, that'll have to do. And then I'm working on uh, three more big Nurgle boys. Um, these, they're not, I mean, they are the same size as the Blight Kings, but they were released in one of these war bands. can't remember what they're called. It's like a witch with a funny Nurgle oh, yeah. cat. cat Is it the one with like a prolapsed asshole? <laughs> Yes, yes, I, I, I had to look at them. Yes, that is the one. I know that one. The yeah. one that looks, looks like uh, the one from Vermintide, right? Maybe, I haven't played it. That's the first thing uh, Jens looks at is models, though. The, <laughs> yeah, if what they're anatomically the correct. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely prolapsed. Uh, no, but they're, yeah, awesome models. And uh, when I add them to the uh, the Blight Kings units, there will be a total of nine of them. So they're a bit more to the end times, uh, but I just think they're, oh, they're so cool Nurgle models. I just need to have them. I don't know if they could be used as chosen or something, but they are on 40 millimeter bases, so yeah. They're, they're fun to paint, though. Yeah, yeah, they're really, they're really cool. As a side note, I also tried out Gaslands, this tabletop game where you take toy cars and paint them as if they were in Mad Max or something. You, that was kind of fun, but that's what I've been doing. <laughs> Fair right. enough. Uh, well, I want to know what Jens has been doing. We haven't had him in on for uh, forever. And you assume I've been doing stuff during that time? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I haven't been doing that much. I've I've actually played a game of Warhammer Fantasy Battle Sixth Edition <gasps> against Krell. And uh, when it's like three a.m. and you're drunk, and Krell asks you, "Yes, how does buried beneath the sands work?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, Krell. 
I haven't. It's his job. It, it's your army. I haven't read the army book in like 15 years, but I guess it's something like this. But he managed to win like big time because he had a casket of souls, and I rolled nothing but double sixes for my all my leadership tests when I could uh, see that bad boy. And yeah, that was like the things I remember from that game. Him asking me how stuff works and me just rolling double sixes for leadership tests. <laughs> but if he had tomb, tomb Kings, what did you play? Was it Empire? Empire! Or... Yes. Empire! So I had like, oh, my knights are definitely going to charge your casket next turn. And then if they fail, my pistoliers are going to charge your casket next turn. And if they fail, I have this unit of a spearman that's going to charge your casket next turn. And then it was like, I have no units left because I rolled nothing but double sixes for my leadership test. <laughs> but it was fun having Krell over. He, uh, he is uh, a, a very good guest. Did he bring uh, chocolate or is it the type of guest that brings a flower? No, he brought vodka and candy. <laughs> okay, the good type of guest. Yes. <laughs> just, to, just to clarify, was it vodka and candy or candy in, in the vodka? Uh, it was separate, so it was two different things. So, so, so it was bag. like a uh, plastic bag like... full of vodka and candy. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking the classic combo of uh, uh, Haribo Goldbaden and uh, vodka in a jar. Yeah, I think Ooh. the uh, the plan was to put the the candy in the vodka, but I have a wife that eats candy, so there was only <laughs> yeah, one enough. Part. Fair enough. Also, you get way more fucked up on uh, Goldberg in vodka than you do in just vodka. Yes, Does it enhances it enhances the alcohol somehow. <laughs> well, you don't notice it because you're basically eating jelly sweets. Oh yeah, and then all of a sudden it just hits you. But I have actually like started uh, bringing up my empire stuff that I was supposed to do for for Scandus, and like put it on some pieces of wood to uh, prime them and maybe get to painting them someday. So, so, so are, are, are these Middenheimers still? Uh, no, these are going to be my uh, my Soland uh, dudes for when they That's... release the, uh, the 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 new old old world. The old new old world. Yes. Or the new old um, old world. I don't know. Like that. Yeah. So I'm gonna. Do, I've yes. got some. Uh, how many is it? Is it twelve knights and an electric count that I'm gonna do, and some more hand gunners, and then I have like two thousand points, I think. When uh, when was Solon fucked by the orcs? I don't know. Because <laughs> that's the thing. Like they, they Which time? don't exist. They don't do you, exist. Do you anymore. want me to check? Do you want me to check in the Empire Army book that I have in front of me? It should be something about. Uh... Yeah, in the timeline probably says something. Yeah, but it, yeah, ho- hopefully the, the it fucking is. Of Solent. It is probably around that time with the three emperors that we think it's going to take place, right? Well, they pretty uh, much said it that timeline. So. Uh, it doesn't have like a good timeline in the sixth edition book, but I'll, I'll grab some. Uh... I'll grab a book. You you talk about what you've been doing, and I'll grab a book and I'll interrupt with uh, the information <laughs> that I find. Right. Well, I haven't done much hobbying fantasy, but I've been playing a lot. Um, so we had another game day since last time, and then we had a massive siege battle. Um, Ten thousand points of Skaven versus oh, five thousand s- points of dwarves. I'm sorry to interrupt because I did, just did a Google search for when was Solon fucked. <laughs> And it actually came off the reply. And uh, it was devastated in Gorbag Ironclaw's invasion of 1712. 1712, yes. yeah, that's way 1707 before. 1707 to 1712. That's yeah. way before the... And it was reinstated uh, yeah. in a grand province, the Sudanland Grand Province by Magnus the Pious in 2305. Mm. 
I'm amazed that search actually worked. So that was why I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting though, because then it will already be like a fucked province during the time that this game will be set, probably. Yeah, but I <clears> think <throat> it's gonna be like this guy, my my general. He's gonna claim to the throne, and he's like he's smelling opportunity. The, the empire is rife with infighting. He can go out and get his claim. Nice. The true heir, maybe. Yeah, the true, the true heir. <laughs> don't, don't look too closely to into his uh, his background, but it, he, it is nine, nine generations removed. <laughs> yes, to to an elected uh, elected cast. Yes, but I could see, I could, I could see the remnants of Solon being sort of like the the border princes during that time, right? So there's probably a lot of people trying to seize the, the yeah the the region. Seize the means of production. Yes, <laughs> but Nicholas, tell yeah, us anyway. more about the the, the siege game. Was uh, we saw some pictures and they, it looked incredible how many people were joining did you have five thousand points of dwarfs no we <clears throat> we divided it so there were three people on each team uh-huh. um, so it was me uh me sebastian and uh, uh rasmus and then we we're facing uh, manfred and uh Friedrich and uh well it's on the Widows player, usually. Um, so we we basically saw some uh, some pictures of Siege games, and then someone posted it in our group chat, and we're like, oh yeah, we should definitely have a Siege. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Uh, so I really like the, the group that we have going in Skövde, because uh, uh, they're all super keen on playing. So whenever someone wants to play and have like a idea of something then we just do it basically so uh yeah we said like okay well what armies do people have and it'd be cool to have good versus evil and then like everyone has dwarves in in our group <laughs> everyone has dwarves laying around and manfred has been building a skaven and then Felix has been building his uh like clan eshin skaven then he also has like a regular army of skaven and then sebastian has dwarves and skavens so he uh like lent his army Someone to play. Um, and yeah, we just uh, had a massive siege game. Oh, and yeah, and people just had fortresses laying about. Like, well, does anyone have a fortress? And someone's like, well, yeah, well, I have two, and I have one, and I have another one. Really? So this is wow. so pretty pretty easy to, to build a massive fortress. It's <laughs> funny. Um, so we built a table of three tables, I think. Uh, and we built it like a, like a U-shape. Mm-hmm. With the, the fortress like going in a as a U as well, and like we were standing inside the fortress as the defenders, and uh, yeah, it's really cool to set it up. Kind of clunky to play like, <laughs> yeah, that dude. many that many people and that many points. Did you have any special rules to speed it up? I mean, are there any apocalypse like uh, rules for fantasy? Did they ever release that, or is that no. like War Master? <laughs> yeah, like, there were no real special rules. We used the. Uh, agree that magic was for like they had a common pool like you had good two dice base but like the whole army got two extra dice mm. stuff like that um but yeah it's really annoying playing against gavin i really fucking hate gavin because they have so much shooting you'd think they're just like a, a a swarm of rats but they have just like super good shooting and a loss of it so uh, yeah it was pretty tough um and it was really funny because someone brought a, a screaming bell and uh, there's this result on a screaming bell that you roll damage on walls which is like you never get to use that rule like you, you roll on that and you're like oh well it says you do damage to walls but i mean it's useless 
like so many times people must have rolled that and just thought it's like the worst fucking result but now when they roll it and they roll it twice in a row it just oh. like shook all of the walls and just like uh, everything with toughness five and more takes d3 wounds so two turns in a row that they destroyed all of our war machines but also like all of the siege towers that were heading towards the walls they just collapsed <laughs> uh, but then they also brought like a section of the wall down so they just like entered through that but it was super funny, and like people were like, "Oh, maybe that was too strong." But I, I thought it was great. Like, how how often do you get to uh, to do that in a game? Oh, so finally, yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, the, the game ended with the uh, Skaven victory oh. in the end. Um, some some funny moments, uh, except for the the wall falling down and the the towers collapsing. Uh, they did that skitter leap thing uh, with a, like a master assassin from the clan Eshin onto uh, Thorgrim and like turn one, I think, turn two. Uh, but Thorgrim smote the rat to survive <laughs> that. And then they were like, he was standing by the, the big gate and then they brought the gate down and charged in. But then he won and then he charged out and just like started kicking ass. But then he had to take like a, a panic test because of something, because the unit died or something. And then he rolled like an 11 and just like fled back through the gate. <laughs> Um, and I, I was holding the right side and my guys just got pounded by shooting and magic shooting and stuff and uh, I had some slayers in the back because they had uh, like gutter runners that were coming from behind um, so yeah, it, it, this is also thing we did some games uh, the night before uh, some skirmish games to determine if uh, if they would be able to use the gutter runners if they infiltrated the, the underground nice. so the, the Skaven won that so they got to use gutter runners uh, coming from behind in the fortress uh, so yeah, I had uh, like 20 slayers just waiting for them to pop up and to, to kill him but then uh, he rolled so well and just killed all of the slayers in like two rounds of combat it's insane loads of poison attacks um but i managed to hold the walls like till the bitter end i had just a couple of iron breakers and a thane and some warriors up there just like beating down the scaven climbing up the the ladders but then by that time he'd come from behind with the gutter runners uh i managed to hold them off for a while at the gate but then they they came through with like rat overs and then the rest of the this the walls on the other side of the the siege had already fallen so it's a pretty clear scaven victory so that's uh it's another grudge in the book i have to uh get revenge some point but they did yeah. get twice the amount of points is that the usual for a siege that you have yes i don't know like at probably some point the it just like gets too imbalanced i, I know like in the siege scenarios it's like the attacker should have three thousand points and the defender should have 1500 okay and maybe like having a fortress isn't that much better when you have that many points i think maybe the just the weight of points kind of evens the odds and mm -hmm. then the attacker just gets the upper hand the bigger the game is I don't know. Maybe you should just have like fifteen hundred points more, no matter the the points, or something. Ah, yeah, that's yeah. I'm not sure how that scales. Uh, do, do you get any like watchtowers or something that fires, or is it more just the no defenses of the wall? Put guys up there. Uh, put mm -hmm. war machines, basically. Uh, you can buy some like some I like oil cauldrons. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can buy rocks as well to throw. Um, yeah, so you can you can buy some stuff. Yeah, but it's super cool setting it up. Uh, it looked awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, yeah, we'll have to do some more sieges, try out some different different scenarios, I guess. But it's like uh, it's the dream of every warmer player, I think, to to be able to play like a big siege game. Mm. It looks it looks very <laughs> uh, epic. 
you that, put it up like that. And especially uh, if it's the climax of several games that you've been building up to this or something. Yeah, yeah, I really love playing some just small skirmish games before, just to give some advantages and just giving like some background to it. Um, yeah, and then uh, the weekend after that, I went to lead shopping uh, and had a game with my Kislev, because mm-hmm. I've been playing War Metal War and uh, just got inspired to play Kislev again. So I, I, I finished the campaign with the Dark Elves and then I was like, should I start a campaign? And I thought, if I start a Kislev campaign, I'm just going to derail my painting of Dark Elves now because I'm just going to get so keen on Kislev again. So, so maybe it's not a good idea, but then I did it anyway, and then it's exactly what happened. I just oh, stopped no. painting my Dark Elves and like, oh, I'm going to play Kislev again. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used some alternative units for my kids this time. So I used the uh, so I, I built some wagons for them uh, just for for fun. Did you paint the wagons as well? Yeah, yeah. with uh, a catchy tune. Yeah, with, with a catchy tune. We gonna paint the wagons. We gonna paint them good. I, no? I don't know. You're, I don't you, know the song. You, are, you, are you too young for that Simpson re- reference? I think so. Are you so old, Chris, to know these old? Yeah. old oh, I'm, what, I'm, where, today I'm actually. From? It's from Simpsons. Paint the wagon. It's from a like a spoof of a western. Should know that. Watch a lot of Simpsons. Anyway, I was using this wagon. It's like a Kissa war wagon. They they used to have them in the War Master, so I built some of those or a couple of them. And uh, I used it with the rules of the the Empire War Wagon from the Ravening Horse book. So it feels like it should be sort of balanced. Mm-hmm. And then I also used two mages because the this, this list doesn't have any mages except for the the Serena, and she's like a five hundred point lord. Oh yeah. So, so I thought it'd be cool to use some mages. So I used some models that I use for Mordheim. Uh, one youth that looks like a. An ice witch, and then an actual witch, like a Baba Yaga. Oh. Uh, so the ice witch had the Lore of Ice, which is in the Kisa book, and uh, the witch witch uh, had the Lore of Shadows. Thought it was fitting. And you were fighting undead. Yes. Yeah, uh, undead with with a necrarch vampire. Um, so I had all of my thirty uh, light cavalry, twenty lancers, the wagon, the mage, and uh, oh yeah, I also painted up some cossars. Uh, so I traded some cossars a while back, like six of them. So I painted those up so that I'd be able to use two units of cossars, one unit of ten and one unit of sixteen. And then I had to fill out the ranks with some other Mordheim guys, uh, which worked pretty well because they're just like kiss of infantry. Uh, with some more character and uh, it was a lot of fun Um, he had like three units of kind of small units of skeletons that like you look at him and then you know like well he's gonna raise a lot more skeletons it just doesn't pay for them Um, and some cavalry uh, some hounds or wolves and you know of graveguard and then he had a like the level four or level three maybe necrock mage on a nightmare was it a nightmare it was a winged winged nightmare so it was called yeah if it's the uh not a dragon one. Yeah. It's a wing nightmare. Yeah, it's like a, a manticore, kind of. Yeah, or like a horse with a triceratops top skull or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, play the game. Uh, I ended up winning a minor victory. And some takeaways from that game is uh, Cossars are, are fun. I really <laughs> like them. It's really cool to have uh, like strength five guys with great weapons. Um, they have bows as well, so they were just plinking away at the skeletons and then charging them. Uh, the light cavalry is great. Love just moving around a bunch. Uh, and you arrows. played uh, you played a lot of dwarves otherwise recently, right? So was it a nice yeah. change of pace? Yeah, and dark elves. Um, yeah, no. Dark is also pretty mobile, but um, you, you get more customized because they're they're humans. They're cheaper. 
lower leadership though, mm-hmm. uh, which could could be annoying with the uh, facing undead. But I, yeah. I passed most of the the important leadership tests, unlike uh, Jens. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the war wagon was fun. It's, it does like D6 strength, D3 plus 2 attacks. So it's very random. But if you get some good rolls, you can really hit hard. Uh, and then after that, we played a game of Mordheim. So uh, there were three of us there, actually. But only me and the undead player played. And then the three of us played a Mordheim game. I played my Kislevites. He played his undead. And then Friedrich played his uh, um, Marienburgers. Uh, and it was, it was pretty brutal. Like in the second turn, or third maybe, I killed three of Frederick's guys, two in close combat, and then one I sniped with my Streltsy guy, this rifle. Ouch. And uh, he was like, well, there's 25% of my guys, and then he failed his leash test and just ran. <laughs> like the <laughs> second or third turn, and then it was just me and the, the undead left, but then the, the undead ate me pretty fast. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the undead are really scary in Mordheim, I think. So you have just really low leadership and uh, the ghouls are super scary they have mm-hmm. two attacks uh, yeah the vampire is very strong yeah i did manage to snipe the vampire like took him down a wound also with strelsey strelsey was like, uh, a legend that game uh but yeah he's super tough and he can get always strikes first pretty easily i think He's got super high initiative as well. So yeah, yeah, scary, scary I, vampires. I think it's weird that they can't take skeletons. That they can only take zombies. Why is that? Is it something in the Mordheim lore? I don't know. There's the... no, I don't know either. It's uh, it's just a thing. Yeah, they do. But I guess you could use skeleton models and have the zombie rules or something. Oh yeah, I don't think anyone would complain about that. Yeah. There's a, a fan-made uh, list with the, the blood dragons. And they can have skeletons. Ooh, okay. Yeah, there's loads of fan-made lists in Mordheim as well, so... Mm-hmm. Use whatever, basically. <laughs> yeah, Mordheim is always fun. Uh, I was saying that we should do a, like a campaign day or weekend with Mordheim. Yeah, I would love to try it. I still haven't, so but I, I even I bought some Skaven to make a, a warband. Mm. Uh, but investing in getting all the nice terrain and stuff is still a big leap. But then going, yeah, meeting somewhere, someplace else, and just trying out the game would be fun. Yeah. So what you're saying is that we we as a group so now will decide to have a. Have a more time day at Jimmy's place somewhere. Find it soon. That Without would be awesome. knowing. We're not telling Jimmy. <laughs> we'll just if show listens, up. Yeah, if he listens to this episode, he will know that we will show up sometime. Oh, yeah. More time. yeah. We can go there when he's in Texas and just occupy his house. <laughs> just in general. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm actually thinking of getting my planned more time table on the. on the. Well, start to build it rather soon. I have a, have had an idea and gathered supplies and so on for a few years now, and it's probably time that I need my do own table. Do you have any any theme in mind? I mean, is it you know just Rune City, or is it like a with a I don't know. Uh, what do you I have in mind? I'm gonna build uh, like a ruined river bridge. That's oh, nice. one of the smaller ones, but yeah. it will be will be themed to fit either being Mordheim or Marienburg. Oh, okay. So a lot of docks and stuff, or yeah, I want to build docks. I want to build like uh, a small shipyard that you can fight over, oh, something nice. like that. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I know, knowing knowing yeah. the quality of your terrain, that that table when it's finished will be amazing. Yeah, I look forward to see that in twenty twenty nine, possibly. When we retire, we can go and play <laughs> on it. Yeah, but we're all getting on in years. It's not that far to retirement age. No, exactly. Uh, something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, but uh, sounds like you had a g- good time, Nicholas. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun. Um, yeah, I was just super keen on playing Kessler after playing the 
Total War campaign. So, but let's get back to that later. Let's uh, go through the. We'll have it as a teaser. We want to hear more about your Total War experience. Uh, but uh, but Chris has told us, and we still need to hear about Jens's uh, uh, army, right? Yes. But okay, Chris, take, take Chris first because I'm cleaning up some models right now. So. <laughs> That is a bit obvious since he's cleaning them up after he's late, mm. earlier told us that he was packing them. Hmm. Sounds like there's been <laughs> oh, some well, mishap. I'm, I'm stripping some other models then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my hobby has been a bit sparse lately. It's uh, way too much other stuff has been going on in my life, but uh, I've reached at least level 70 in uh, classic World of Warcraft. <laughs> and I know, that, I know that I'm not the only one in my friend friend circle so to speak that done that but uh yeah but they they raised the cap to 80 so it's not that impressive anymore I keep raising it other other than that i've mainly done uh, heresy stuff actually oh really oh yeah the imperial fists oh yeah i've um like 70 percent done with a sikarn uh, venator i'm finishing up the last steps on a leviathan and i'm building infantry by the dozen but for something more fantasy-like, I have the Soulbalite Gravelords, Kedo Esekiar, the Hollow King model in my hand, which is so awesome. What language was that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's a made-up vampire language. Okay. So it's, it's fake Eastern European, probably. Oh, yeah. So what is that model? It's the new uh, character series from Black Library. Uh, they released him and uh, like one of the Sky Dwarves. Oh yeah, I think you you sent a picture of the box when you bought it. What yeah. is the what's the vampire equipped with? He's got nothing in his hands, but and a, a two hand sword on his back. Oh, okay. Have you started uh, painting him already or assembling? No, because I can't decide on if I want to make him a vampire for my uh, vampire count <laughs> army or if I'm gonna convert him to like a high elf character of some kind. Oh, mm. sounds like you, you better get another one. Yeah, they're so cheap. They're like 250 kroners a piece, so they're so cheap just to get for fun. fun. <laughs> anyway, I actually think that he could work for like a ranger character for a uh, for my Seaguard list. Actually. Oh yeah, I could see that. Just change the head to like an uh, either a helmeted elven head or like a hooded elven head and put a bow in his hand that isn't gripping the sword. Uh, yeah. Because it doesn't have a lot of uh, vampire-like armor on him, I guess. Not. Uh... Well, there is a little, but I think you could either just paint this, paint it as leather, or change it just that little bit so it doesn't have like a vampire, like the symbol of his uh, house that is king of on his, like, oh, yeah, yeah. On his chest. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I actually have more fantasy miniatures because I got the massive orc from the uh, Warhammer Plus one year subscription thing. Uh, that mega yeah. boss. I'm not. I'm not sure what I'm going to use that for. But uh, anyone have any idea? Write them on a postcard and send them in. Yeah. Start an orc army. <laughs> I'm thinking that he could actually make a decent ba base for a massive Gaskell, like a unit filler Gaskell. But is he a uh, like? Is he a fantasy orc or a 40k orc? Uh, he's a fantasy because he's an he's an orc. If we're going to do oh, the new an terms, Ooh, it's okay. like an iron jaw. So he's um, an orc mm -hmm. in a massive, uh, massive armor. Yeah. So that's why I say it could could actually work as a Grimgore. Uh, but uh, the only thing that needs to be changed is that he's holding like the head of a Stormcast, I think. So that needs to go. Yeah, just change it to an Empire Knight, and it's basically the same thing for Grimgore. Yeah, going for the classic Grimgore look. Nice, yeah, but very that's nice. It. Yeah, that's it. As I said, a lot of uh, 
things other than hobby occupying the mind. But uh, yeah, speaking of, if anyone in Gothenburg might want to join up for a game later this year, send it into the podcast. Uh, nothing more spoken about that. So, Jens, did you have like a list you wanted to talk about? I do. I'm just gonna just gonna grab it. I wrote it on a piece of paper. Ooh, old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you should. Uh, and I have some questions for Nicholas because I haven't played dwarves in quite a while, and I have like a hundred points to put on runes for my army. Uh, so let's just go through the stuff I have. I have a thane with a great weapon. I have an engineer with a handgun. Sixteen warriors with great weapons and shields and full command. 10 Thunderers with full command, 15 Iron Breakers with full command, 19 Slayers, full com- no, not full command, sorry, just 19 regular boring-ass Slayers, uh, a Cannon and a Flame Cannon. Okay. And no runes? No runes so far. That is just like 999 points or something. Well, I, I know what runes you need. Yeah, but I'm going to... Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, the Flame Cannon did not fit in that list, but we're upping it to 1,500 points. So I'm going to put in the Flame Cannon and I'm going to paint up a Runesmith uh, to put in the army. So I have, like, with that, 100 points or something for runes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let me tell you. Well, you mm-hmm. need the Rune of Forging for your cannon. Yes, because I will roll many misfires. Yeah, that, that Rune is great. So you get to re-roll either the first uh, artillery die or the bounce. Each yeah. Time. So that's just super great. Um, and then uh, I take like a rune of battle on your iron breakers. It's basically a war banner. Yeah. It's always good to just have a plus one. And then uh, you could either take a master rune of balance on your runesmith. Can't go wrong with yeah, that I'm one. Yeah, le- I'm leaning to one towards that one. Yeah. And if then you leave my thane with the uh, Gromril armor and great weapon, or should I put some defensive runes on him as well if I have the points over? If you have the points, then definitely. You can either give him... Uh, well, since he's got a great weapon, you can give him the self light armor and master rune Gromril. Give him a one-up. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give him a Gromril armor. Uh, you could give him the mass, uh, the rune of uh, cold. I don't know. Well, we should definitely give him a rune of stone. Just give him. Yeah, I'm thinking like two runes of stone should do it. You can only have one. Ah, okay. Then one rune of stone. It's like a, a special thing because it gives plus one to your armor. So you just like give him three of those. Otherwise, uh, rune of resilience. I think it's called. You get to reroll your armor save. That's also really good. Mm. Um, but depends on how many points you get left. Yeah, I'll I'll tally up the uh, when I put in the flame cannon and the uh, the the runesmith and see uh, what what I have left over. I might paint up two more warriors as well because I just find found two uh, longbeards with great weapons mm. in the in the box of miniatures I was supposed to clean up. <laughs> Fair enough. Oops. Yeah, but I, I don't know if I'm going to do that for, for this weekend, but I'm definitely going to paint up the rune space. Nice, and who are you facing? Uh, I'm facing the mighty, the, the vicious, the foul-smelling Krell. Ah. He's Skaven. Ah, so that's why he ditched the podcast recording to paint Stormwormen. Yes. Yeah, and then maybe I will fight some uh, some Lizardmen as well. I have, yeah. a, I have a friend who has nice. a Lovely, like fourth edition plastic sauruses and the uh, skinks army. Like, remember that stegadon that weighs 45 pounds? <laughs> <laughs> and if you bang it uh, too hard to get a table when you place it, it just falls apart. Yes, okay. I, would, I would not want to put that one together. Nice, very nice. Mm-hmm. But tell yeah, us I about your, your Solent yeah. army. You, what, what do you have in store for the Ooh, future my there? Solent army, yeah, that's uh, that's my next. Uh, 
that's my next project. I just dug up a few knights. I'm going to try and fix some of them because a lot of them have like broken lances. So I might have to do some some clever converting. But I have uh, how many? That's 13 knights. There's two of them that I have to fix 30 knights? 13. 13. So 30. I'm not that rich. But uh, I'm going to do them like a big, massive unit, a uh, unit of 12 or maybe 11 with uh, with my electric count in it. Uh, because I don't I don't think I want to also do my account on a griffin or a guess a griffin. Yeah, maybe that's good. Yes, did you? Are you still there? Yes. Did you fall into the vat of uh, stripping miniatures? But, uh, Krell hacked them. Sounds a bit laggy, I must. Sounds like there's a bad connection between the headset and the computer or phone. <laughs> Sense is gone. I think he's still trying to speak, but some some weird language we don't know at the moment. So should we? He did. He, he, he did. He did pick up a bad book and read it, and uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> there's a bit eldritchy stuff going on. Yeah, seems like it. Uh, but Nicholas, do you want to tell us about your uh, Total War experiences? So, uh, meanwhile, well, we yeah. hope that Jens <laughs> comes back. I think most people were just waiting for this this campaign to come out. Like that's that's the Total War campaign. It's like the they released the the story campaign for the second game as well, and it's like fine, but people want to play the the real campaign, and uh, uh, this campaign is is, is awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so crazy that they release like the entire old world now, mm. so you can just cruise around the entire world, uh, which is fantastic. And uh, so they changed the mechanics as well, mostly for the better, I think. Mm-hmm. Some things you, you missed from the old games, maybe. Um, uh, change some starting locations, change some some of the lords, like made them into their own factions, mm-hmm. uh, for better and worse. Uh, I mean, they kind of want to spread the different kind of factions around. They they put the white dwarf in, in Nagaroth mm-hmm. for some reason. Like, oh yeah, he's out for revenge, and he's mm-hmm. here now. Okay, it's a bit but I mean, I, I get that. If if all the dark elves start in in Nagaroth, it will be like oh, the same campaign every time, right? For, so I, I I get why they spread out the them somehow, but okay, sometimes it feels very forced. Like, why yeah. are they here? But yeah, I also think but it's I, strange. Like, uh, it's also like just just game mechanics. Like in in the end, they're making a game. That you're supposed to have like a challenge playing. So I get yeah. it from that point of view. It's the same. Like you start with like one city in this like realm. And it's like every every like state in the old world has just broken down and you, you got to reclaim it from other people of the same faction which feels a bit strange story-wise but yeah i understand why um so yeah i started playing a campaign as uh uh malice darklight mm-hmm. so i've been reading the malice books uh and then before this new campaign came out there was like a, a sale so I bought the the Malice pack. I got s- some other characters all for skin, maybe. I don't know. It's weird because they release these character packs like in twos. Oh yeah, it's called like the the, the warden and, the, and the, the paunch and the yep. the beast and the tree. I don't know. Mm. Um, so I got the one with Malice, and um, I thought it would be good because like I'm into Dark Elves now. I'm a Dark Elf ga- guy, uh, and also uh, it would be nice to play Dark Elves because they're like a seafaring faction. They can build their uh, black arcs, uh, and I thought it'd be fun to be able to explore the the new map to be able to go around like an entire world. So start out 
got a bunch of chaos dudes around uh pretty fast i built like a black arc and um there's these like fast travel points in the oceans you can travel basically from the northeast side of nagaroth from like the i don't know it's called in canada the bay of dogs or something <laughs> um and uh you go down to like the west side of mexico um because there's like tunnels under nagaroth uh, that have like sea lanes oh so that's the- been in the fluff or? Yes, okay. that has been in the fluff for a long time. I think um, it's not the world roots or something like that. <laughs> no. no. Um, so, so you you go through there, and then uh, you can go a bit further south, and then there's some other fast travel points to go to the to Cathay, basically. Hmm. So I, I went through Cathay, and then I found out that like the east side of Cathay is just full of lizardmen in those jungles, uh-huh. and uh, they kind of chase. Slaves. Yeah, well, they kind of chase me down like the the coast. So I had to like settle in the, the southern part of Cathay, and then I reinforced that to hold off the lizardmen. And uh, my plan was to like establish small colonies, and my main goal was to go to the old colonies of the High Elves in basically the, the Indian Ocean, because they have the, the Dragon Isles and then the like Fortress far east Stand- colonies and stuff. Yeah, so there's some other islands there that the High Elves own. So I rocked up and just like pushed the High Elves out and uh, started establishing colonies, and uh, was building my colonies in Katea as well and then the Cataeans kind of spread east and then there's also like a, a great canal so it's basically oh yeah um it's like in bangladesh <laughs> in, in our world it's like mm-hmm. between india and uh, uh indochina mm-hmm. like in the the armpit of those two geographical locations uh, <laughs> there's like a big canal going straight up into Cathay. and Cathay is really cool because um there's a lot of water lanes that you can go with fleets. Oh, um, inside the yeah, like really big river, so you can basically go into Cathay. It's kind of kind of the same in the Empire with the mm-hmm. the River Reich, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just went up there with some black arcs and just fucked up the Cathayans. Uh, and at the same time, the, there's some dark elves to start on that side. Uh, that was called Squidface. Oh yeah, Lokir Felhart. Yeah. yeah. The Kraken Lord. Mm. Um, he has to bend a knee to malice. <laughs> well, we're like on and off relationship. Sometimes they like <laughs> me, sometimes they're rivals. Uh, mm. Proper dark elves. Um, yeah, so then I established my colonies. I was having a pretty good time. And like a big help was that Malaketh was just like destroying everything in Nagaroth. So I didn't have to worry about defending my home base. Oh. And at the same time, I was kind of expanding up north against the chaos tribes that live there so that's like a, a whole new thing as well like the north part of the map is full of uh, cities and stuff that you gotta go through mm-hmm. um so yeah i had a great time just exploring everything and then the campaign kind of ended with uh, so there's new end game scenarios you can set them up like which ones you want but now i i, I didn't even look at them so it's just like a, a random event and it turned out that, that like the black pyramid went to Super Saiyan, and uh, the Tomb Kings were, like, massively boosted. Um, and Which was, like, no problem for me, because they're all the way in Neokara, and I'm, like, around the world in small colonies, but nowhere near the that place. Uh, but then it was like, well, you gotta destroy these guys to, to win the campaign. So I went uh-huh. with, like, all of my Black Arcs, like, 
three or four of them from the my far east colonies and just like gather them and then just like slowly sailed around the well south africa basically <laughs> uh and up the coast and then just like unloaded a bunch of armies from them and they you can you can recruit armies from the black horse as well so i could just like build a full stack each turn from them and then i just marched on the the tomb kings and they were like gathering to to defend against my landing but then i had like a massive game with like three of my armies versus four or five of theirs and uh malice was leading like an entire army of cold one knights and dragons and stuff <laughs> so that was uh, it's a pretty cool cool battle uh but i won that and that kind of broke the back of their empire and then i crushed them and that was the end of the campaign cool. and at that point does it feel like you Ah, there's no point playing more or you could try to dominate the whole map i guess but yeah and i never really liked just like taking over stuff that seems it's just a steamroll i guess in the end yeah that's kind of what they try to avoid with these like random end mm -hmm. scenarios mm -hmm. but i don't know if it helped that much maybe i don't know maybe if you continue playing there will be like another one ah. but that sounds uh, like it's uh, a lot more fun these days nicholas than it used was when it was released the third one yeah, so basically straight after I played that campaign, I started Kiss the campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, who, to my, who? My own peril. Who are you playing as? The the Serena, of course. Mm, okay, okay. Anything else would be folly. I don't judge Rasputin lovers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a, a, a thing I wanted to touch on because they've uh, they've changed the lore slightly with Kiss Love. Uh, so in, well, way back in like second and third edition, Kislev was more like Kievan Rus, like they, they had a lead of uh, uh, Norskans, so basically the Vikings that came to Kiev, uh, they had in Warhammer, uh, and then the Gospodars were like the lowest class. But then they changed it so that the, uh, first there were the Ungols and the uh, Ropsmen that lived in the lands of Kislev, and then the Kislevites, or the, the Gospodars, they came from the east across the mountains uh, because of a vision that their queen had who was like the first ice magic wielder uh, to go across the mountains to like a promised land and then they came there and then they drove away the ungols uh and the ungols in turn drove away the ropesmen uh and then the gospodars subjugated the ungols and the ropesmen were basically gone uh, and then uh, they conquered the Norse as well. And then there's been some disagreements between the Ungols and the Gospodars, and the Ungols have been like second class citizens. Uh, but in the sixth edition fluff, uh, the Great War of Chaos happened, and that basically fucked Kislev over big time, like really bad. Because they, they destroyed Prague and they had to rebuild it. And then bandits and greenskin and marauders were just like reaving the lands, and no one really did anything about it because. The economy was destroyed, so they couldn't really do anything about it, and like power was decentralized until the the Red Tsar came along, which is Boris Boris Boka, and he became like the first high priest of the, the Church of or the Cult of Urson for a long time because he managed to like tame a bear to ride, and he started like bringing the empire together again. Uh, but then he died fighting Greenskin and Olfoff, and then his daughter took over, and then she's like continuing the process of unifying the land again and uh, it's really well explained in like the, the role playing books because different societies in Kislev have different traditions and uh, uh, they would like select their village elders with different traditions and then the Serena would go around and uh, to get them loyal to her then she would like sanction these old traditions 
So like, oh yeah, we're doing this old tradition, but we're doing it in the name Serena. The Serena proves. So like, she's not changing anything. She's just like subtly uh, sneaking into the old traditions and just like becoming a part of uh, authority there. Uh, but in the new fluff, uh, the Red Tsar died fighting chaos. But before he did that, he started the the Great Orthodoxy, which is like a, a massive part in this campaign. So um, Kislev had a bunch of different gods that they worshipped, small cults. And in old fluff, the, the Ice Witches, uh, they deliberately kept any of these cults from becoming the, the dominant one, because they've seen from the Empire that if you have a dominant cult, then they start burning witches. And uh, Kislev is basically ruled by the witches, like the, 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 the Serena is an Ice Witch. And it goes like in her genes, and she's surrounded by other other ice witches, and they're like the. So Kislev is tower. basically the Tau now, then, because um, the heroes are doing the exact same thing that the, that the witches are doing. Yeah, I mean, they they are like they're like a secret ruling class. It's more like a conspiracy because they're not open about their their rule. Kind of, I mean, the the Serena is, of course, but it's more like a secret magic police <laughs> that they have. Yeah, so non-space Tau got it. Um, but uh, yeah, in the new fluff, the the Tsar, the Red Tsar, wanted to unify the the different religions to become like a church to make them stronger together. Um, and then he died fighting chaos, but they didn't find the body because it was swept up by the the river. And uh, after that, like because he was both the Tsar and the head of this new church, they didn't really have a good successor um, for the church. And then his daughter became the the Serena. Uh, but it's kind of weird because then the this guy Kostaltin, I think his name is Rasputin guy. He becomes the like the head of the church, uh, but he's very suspicious of the ice witches and the Serena. And it seems to be like a part of this church that they're kind of suspicious against them because they see kind of magic wielders as part of chaos. But it's very strange that his like her father wouldn't since he's the founder of the church. Why wouldn't he like tell him to be tolerant of the ice witches because? It's just in his blood as well, like the the ice witches. And isn't it like a? I, I don't know. I think it's a thing as well. Like the the ice magic is not really magic. It's like it comes from the land. Like that silly thing with the space wolves as well. Like they're they're not magic wielders. They're like they get the power from Fenris or something like that. Or, yeah, that's what they claim at least. Yeah. So no, we're uh, not psychers. We're not psychers. Yeah, and same with ice witches. Like, no, we're not witches. We're just. And you also talked about that they have the Ropesman clan. We're still there now. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> another thing. So yeah, it's it's all about the Ropesman that they were like uh, uh, their own people that were driven out and then they disappeared. Uh, and then like one of these sub factions that you have to to defeat or make a confederation with, they're called like the Ropesman clan, um, and they're like in the north of Kislev. But it's it's weird because they don't really give any explanation of this. And the same with this like that the Bor that Boris founded the church. I didn't find that out until uh, a couple of weeks ago because they don't say that in the campaign. It just like starts you off, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, you're here, kill stuff." And you're like, "Well, who's this other Kislev faction? Just some guys." Uh, so I. I I think they 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 did a really poor job of like explaining your situation and your surroundings, which they did way better in Napoleon Total War. Because uh, like you start off as Prussia or something, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, you have Russia to the east, which could be a uh, an enemy or a partner," and then to the south you have these guys. So just like a small introduction like that would mm -hmm. do a lot, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they had that they had that in previous Warhammer games, I think, right? Or that they do a little sure. flyover and like, oh. But maybe they do that still that the advisor comes and 
Ah, be wary, my lord. Orcs to the north try to take your lands. But it doesn't say anything about, like, who are these? Oh, they're orcs. Or, <laughs> maybe it could be more of a part of the quests or something that you find out the, the lore. Uh, but maybe it's just the lack of Kislev lore that is like, well, better throw in the ropesman, which is something that actually has been mentioned in the lore, than just make something new up. Maybe that's what they're thinking. I'm not saying it's the best thing to do, but yeah. maybe that's there. It's weird as well because they're in uh, in Prague, and Prague is like the the Ungol uh, place. Like they've tried to secede oh. from the empire several times with the Ungols, though, and not the the ropesmen. And the ropesmen, they're not a clan. They're like they're a people. So I I don't know. I think they yeah. should like. It sounds like it, when I first saw the ropesmen, I'm like, holy shit, this is so cool that they're bringing in this like obscure part of the Kislev fluff. But then they're like they don't expand upon it, and it just seems a bit off. So it kind of just you know, made it worse yeah. instead of good. Like, and you have to fight them, right? Or could you could you make peace with them? Or are they yeah, like you can make peace with them pretty okay. easily. Uh, but yeah, it's hmm. cool, cool, but weirdly executed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I started off my campaign, and you have to fight a bunch of stuff immediately and forever and ever and ever. Uh, so you started with some some chaos guys in Kislev you have to defeat and then uh, to the east you have the World Edge Mountains and they're just teeming with green skin there's just endless green skin coming from there uh, Grimgar coming from there and like three other green skin factions uh, just pouring down the mount- mountain passes towards uh, Fort Jakova uh, Fort Jakova never fell through my campaign which uh, oh, good job pretty cool <laughs> um, and then to the south you have the vampires of Sylvania and then to like the other south you have the empire which is, should be your your best friends and then southwest you have like a, a chaos Norial faction they're in the brass keep so like in the, the mountains to the east of Middenheim and they're really annoying because you're like Oh, to the south, I have the Empire. Like, three or four different Empire factions. They should be able to handle that. Nope. I can Nurgle just uh, uh, steamrolled Oslan and, and Middenheim and Nordland, And then I was stuck fighting them when I was already fighting shit to the north. Because to the north, you have endless chaos, guys. You have, like, the Throg, the Troll King, um, other Norse guns, demons. Archaeon is coming, like, in every 20 turns, he shows up. Uh, so throughout the campaign, you had to like play very smart and always have stuff ready on time. Always have like an army ready to to defend wherever the enemy would come from. And then when you defeat them, you're like, oh, nice! Now I can push to the advantage and like attack them and get rid of them. Because the only way to get rid of stuff in total war, you can't just you can't have your coastal little empire for yourself. You'll always get invaded, and the only way to stop those invasions is to invade back. Which uh, is it's like the game. I, I would kind of like to have a total war game where you would have to focus more on your nation, maybe to have it been more chill. I think that that was nice with the Dark Elf campaign because I could just like go and explore the world and have like a, a safe base back home. Well, with the Kiss Up campaign, I was just constantly invaded, so I've barely seen any other part of the world. It's basically like playing an expanded War Metal War 2 because I've only been in Kislev and to the north and slightly to the east. But uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Like one of the most intense uh, War Metal War campaigns I've ever played. Mm. Yeah, it's a big difference, I guess, from the from the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very different. So I've, uh, I'm, I'm not done with it yet, but now I'm like, I'm like just mopping up the, the evil guys in the north. Oh yeah, Malo's Darkblade decided like he would dedicate his life to 
to destroy my life in this campaign as well. So he set up camp in like the northern wastes and just started raiding my stuff. Uh, so I'm like finishing off Archaeon's faction now. Uh, and I think I destroyed Malice's faction. So he's mopping up in the north at the moment. Um, so yeah, very different campaign. Very like fixed to Kislev geographically. Don't know what I would play next. Probably Dwarves. I always love playing Dwarves and War Middle War than which faction though. It also feels strange. Like I'm not the biggest fan of like I need to defeat this Chaos guy. So now I have to like take all of Norska and take Albion and taking part of the empires so, like it feels weird fluff wise to to expand that much like it doesn't make that much sense i think that uh, kisa would take this much land so fast but then again um in that update games workshop released with the uh, everything comes around squares or the second one that they released uh saying confirming that they would be squares they also talked about kisa show the map of Kislev and it was like way bigger than it is now and it included like parts in the north and parts in the east and parts of Norsk as well so there's precedence for Kislev being big as well yeah but that would make sense if it's set before the great war against chaos yeah with minus vice yeah they were fucked harder than Solent (laughs) yeah speaking of have had word from Jens he fell into an eldritch pit and uh, might or might not uh, return in like 15 episodes or so yeah, but that's a good cliffhanger. What is this Solent army about? Yeah, and why is it no longer a Solent army, but a slightly large dwarf army from Krakadrak? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, But with that, yeah, do, do we have anything else for tonight, or are we happy? Well, we do have two small bits of news, which are not really news, news so to speak, as usual. And that is, uh, they had a... They, I mean, Games Workshop put up a bit of a... Small preview from the Dawnbringer Crusade uh, for the new Cities of Sigmar models that they will release in the future. And they look fabulous. Uh, The the, the weapons we talked about before. Oh, yeah. The humans. Yeah. Weren't there some new skeletons also released for something? Some warband or something that looked kind of cool? Yeah, exactly. Uh, There's uh, from uh, Underworld. They have uh, a few more warbands, a skeleton one. In the style of the uh, Cursed City uh, skeletons, uh, the Soulbite skeletons that were released last year. Yeah. But it's really nice to see that actually just, oh, we know that uh, these humans are really, really sought after, but they might not be released anytime really soon. So I'm wondering if part of these kits will be uh, usable in the old world as well. Ah, yeah. They're already thinking about it. That's pure speculation, but if they match enough, they we probably will be used anyway, even if they're not intended to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But they're really cool. Also, yeah. they've released a new massive giant. Like a three-pack of giants, I heard. Yeah, that's the best part, when you can buy one giant or a three-pack of giant of the old giants that were released in 2007, or what was it? Yeah, the classic plastic giant. It's still good, that one. I like it. Um, but okay, so it's another yeah. massive one, like the Sons of Behemoth or whatever. Yeah, they're, they're, they're uh, lead your army to victory with the High Priest of Behemoth, uh, the King Broad. So it's basically a giant, uh, I think it's partly based on the other kit, I'm not sure, but the legs look similar. Mm-hmm. But it's got a massive hammer that's made out of an entire tree with uh, a lump of iron on the top, pretty much. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think this one could be useful if you want to put him on a rectangular base and call him like a chaos siege giant, just to give him a bit more armor, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, I've been thinking about that. Uh, the Forge World 
Gargant, or what was it called? The yeah. that they had the bone grinder. Bone grinder. That's the one. Uh, yeah, when I when I saw the other models mm-hmm. as well for these sons of behemoth. Yeah, the the sons of behemoth are about the same size. I think that's a forty yeah. one and uh, less than half the price. Yeah, exactly. And I love I, I love the details on them. So they could oh, hmm. would be a nice centerpiece. Hmm. No, <laughs> you think in, a, in your a, other giants. But in a dogs of war army, though, what do you think? Could it be? I have one giant mm-hmm. for the dogs of war, but yeah, but you could maybe. make it uh, like a proper chaos giant in that case. Just add some Griblies and have it in your Tamarcan army. That would also be nice. But I am working on a, or well, I have bought one of those, or an, an armored giant for Tamarcan so far. But uh, more giants is always fun. Yeah. But I feel uh, like Tamarcan's army he always already has big boys. He has like a mammoth and a toad dragon. <laughs> and I might have ordered. Yeah, but, a... uh, think about this: if you take right. a giant mm-hmm. and they're doing inspired by one of those flayerkin from the Storm of Chaos book. And have it like he has climbing ropes or a ladder on the back oh, of the giant, yeah. and to like cool. hook hands so it gets hooked to the wall yeah. of a set in a siege and just have things climb up to him. That would look really cool. You could, I mean, he's big enough to have little platforms and stuff, like a working siege tower or something. Mm. Sounds like you need a three yeah. pack of giants, yeah. Morton. <laughs> I'll build them together on one base in some sort yeah. of weird. It's a giant all the way, giants all the way down. <laughs> I'll make a giant centipede thing. <laughs> yeah, but you were going to talk about something else when I interrupted you, so please go back to that instead of giant centipedes. Uh, no, did I? I don't know. I, I, I want to hear more about giant centipedes. <laughs> but I don't think I had anything else at the moment. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, there'll, uh, be, uh, there'll be Tamarcan's uh, next mount. Like, maybe he would possess a giant. Like, the <laughs> tiny worm would possess a giant and ride like a... Oh. Uh, a giant centipede. Yeah, that is true. He hasn't done that yet. He needs to go bigger. That's his next move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other than that, uh, the uh, Land Raider Proteus is released next week for Heresy. Uh, well, pre Yeah, the plastic one. Yeah. Mm, okay. Very nice. And uh, like uh, World Eater chest pieces and Blood Angel chest pieces and shoulder pads, but that's not for this podcast, really. Oh, yeah. Other than that, they have re-released uh, the proper re-release of Curse Cities here. If anyone actually wanted that game now, when we have bought all the minis that we wanted from it from the first time on the eBay and stuff like that, I have I have been thinking about it because I I've never tried one of the like the Warhammer Quest games, but I do like that sort of game. I liked uh, Gloomhaven, yeah. which I guess is sort of similar in a way, like a Dungeons and Dragons light, I guess. Yeah, fighting it's monsters. To, it's supposed to be a good game. Okay, uh, um, but uh, they do have re- they have released uh, the expansions for it now, mm-hmm. and it is as fe- people uh, suspected, it is uh, uh, models for the expansions are stuff that have already released separately for the Soulbite and other undead armies. Okay, yeah. now they're just so, basically releasing the card packs for them. Okay, yeah, so nothing fun there. But uh, I mean, I haven't tried out the, the original game, so it would be I'm thinking about it at least. And and as we said, the models are great, so it would be fun to paint them. Oh, what was that? Oh, just had to drop the bit under the table. Fair enough. Thought it like you made some, some fart or something. No, this is just a bit, just a bit. Promise. <laughs> just a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to mention that the Curse City is retailing at uh, 1440 at the uh, Games Workshop. So. Hmm. 
It's uh, it's uh, even in line with most uh, games of that size that you buy from a, another company. Oh, yeah, I, guess, I guess so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you can buy like um, versions of Gloomhaven that cost about the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I am, uh, if, I, if I would buy together with some friends around here, then it wouldn't be that expensive. And then just split the, the workload of uh, painting them. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, or just wait for like Christmas in two months, two and a half months. Maybe there's Christmas sales or just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, might even pick mm. it up myself. I love the models. Mm. Oh, I forgot. I got I got a Fort World uh, gift voucher for uh, my birthday that I haven't used yet. I was thinking about uh, finally getting the great unclean one and some mm. toad 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 riders or whether the plague toads yes. Nurgle. Do they still compl- stock those? Uh, yeah, those those ones. But I think most other Nurgle things are gone from the site. But for some reason, they are still there. Yeah. And I think most uh, fantasy stuff or Age of Sigmar stuff is gone as well. Yeah, I guess slowly but surely they're getting rid of it. But uh, last I checked, it was still there. So maybe I should hurry and get it. Yeah, I can say that uh, currently while I'm looking at it, you can Mm. add the Demon Plague Toads of Nurgle and the Great Unclean One to cart. Good, good, good. Maybe you should look at it tonight before they get here forever. (laughs) (laughs) Because both Order and Death are down to one model each. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not even sure what that. Yeah, the the order model, which is a good faction, is the Dread Saurian. That one is still available. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing. I guess else. that's quite new. I mean, they made it quite recently. Yeah, and the Morn Ghoul is still available. Other than that, it's uh, ten Chaos and six Destruction models available. Okay. It's uh, not, not like I the hope, glory days. I hope there's uh, some uh, some re-releases of the. Uh, Empire models and the dwarf models when uh, mm. the old world gets released. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, regarding not getting the the dwarf command, it's available. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or the Empire command, or even the oh. uh, Iron Sides, whatever they were called. Yeah, exactly. The no... Marine Burger. Yeah, the, were... ones the Marine Burger ones. Oh yeah, Manan's blades. They were awesome. Yeah. Oh, so good. But some of but those maybe, didn't. Some yeah. of those rely on plastic kits that were no longer in production either. Yeah, exactly. You just got the upgrade. <laughs> so stupid. Ah, <laughs> oh, sell the whole kit. Uh, but who knows? Maybe that's what the new old world will look like. Everything will be to that sort of quality. I'm sure of it. Will be bathing in glorious plastic well, kits. Just look. Just look at the models from the uh, Age of Darkness. That- yeah. If we get something at least of a similar quality, for, but in fantasy models, it would be great. Mm. I would be happy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I guess a lot of the monsters that they couldn't make before on Games Workshop that Forgeworld had to make, they're now really good at making, right? I mean, they, they, they love making big plastic mo- monsters. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sure they can do that as well. Exactly. I wonder, though, thinking of how their new kits are with all these warbands where they have not it's a lot of i mean they are pre-posts or you, you don't have a lot of options to post them it's like the, they they fit in a specific way because it's like this piece is part of a torso and an arm and that slits here and then you don't get any mold lines which is great but we're just making rank and file things would they go back to just having you know here are 10 arms here are 10 other arms and here so are... i'm actually building something now Theoretical, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, just for point of like their new kits. I'm, I'm building the new Kroot squad, okay, Kroot Kin Band or whatever they're called, yeah. Uh, and 
so they have like fixed characters, but each character basically gets two options of what weapons he's got. Uh, okay. And also all the heads are loose, so you can you can at least put on different heads and uh, just have them look different ways. And I think that that does a lot to uh, yeah. just personalize the, the unit. Like regiments as well. You're not going to see most of the models. You're yeah. basically just going to see the heads. Yeah, yeah that's true. I was going to mention that, that if, I re- if they do regu- re- proper regiments, it might even be a good thing if they limit the amount of poses that you can do with them and just have them like somewhat oh, so they rank fixed. Up better. Yeah, so they, you can get the ranked ones that look great and maybe have a different few options, like Nicholas just mentioned, that they have different heads, different weapons for the front front ranks that are actually visible. Yeah, that makes sense. You don't have to have a lot of cool poses in the squad because <laughs> they should just be holding their spears or something. Also, yeah. I did rank up the, an entire unit of 20s of the skeletons that they released, Rage of Sigmar, and they do work. But those oh, work do. because they are so slim. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I ranked up the Chaos guys, mm-hmm. and I'm tired of people asking, like, can you rank up the Chaos guys? And then I'm like, I post a picture, and then a month later, can you rank up the Chaos guys? And then, like, oh, I don't know where that picture is anymore. Yeah. And then another month, well, can you rank up the Chaos guys? And then I post a picture again because I found it. And then they ask again and again, like, yes, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and the skeletons, did you need to re- remove something for the Chaos ones when you ranked them or? Yeah, on the on the nice at least, I had to like clip away yeah. a part of the cape that's just in the way. Yeah, that's what I had to do with uh, the skeletons as well when I ranked up. Just try to fit and remove a bit a bit of the cloth because all of Age of Sigmar models have a lot of uh, dynamism and uh, that leads usually into having an excessive amount of uh, wavy cloth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. But they are great models, I can't deny. And I ranked up the infantry and i have ranked up the uh, black knights with uh, adding uh, the cr- adding bits from the infantry skeletons as well i know everyone has heard about this before and seen the photos but it is possible to use newer kits as well it's just that some of some kits might not be fantasy setting appro- uh, appro- appropriate if you do yeah. like stormcast mm. and that's just uh, sad because they, it would be lovely to have some plastic human-sized knights in uh, Age of Sigmar that you could just port over. We will see what the future holds. Yep. But with that, should we round up the episode? Yeah, I think so. I, I was uh, about to suggest the same thing. Yeah. Because we have to, now, now we have done rambling, we have done shopping with uh, the overlifts, <laughs> and now we're on, uh, whoa, this would be cool if they actually introduce this in two years yeah. of this episode. But uh, hopefully we'll... Or actually, we will plan something else for, or something more for the next episode. I know that mm. uh, because we have a bit that we work on behind the scenes. It's also there might be an extension of uh, September's uh, uh, monthly challenge. That's uh, on me. Uh, I'm not going to go into, into that, but it is on me. So uh, that's why it's been extended. And uh, other than that. I have nothing else to add. I'm just rambling. Good. So thank you all for listening and uh, stay square.